welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and I'm your host for these Bible study podcasts. Today, we are continuing with a review of the key principles of effective Bible study based on a booklet of the same name, which is available from our podcast page at biblestudy.asbzone.com. This podcast series is centered upon the following Bible verse, 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So what's the goal of this series of studies? To help you obtain greater value from your Bible study and devotional sessions. These episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes each and focus on key principles that God teaches us through his word. Most people know that Bible study is essential to the Christian experience, and many people realize that without prayer, Bible study is futile and unproductive. But there are other, less known principles that the scriptures teach us besides these, and our goal is to help you to know and understand them. They will help you to see God's word in a more expansive way and help you to become just like the noble Bereans of Acts 17, 10 through 12. The title of today's study is In the Mouth of Two or Three Witnesses. In the Mouth of Two or three witnesses. Before we begin this study, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your word. We thank you for the privilege of sharing it. We invite your presence to be with us, help guide us into all truth, give us wisdom and understanding, and may we rightly divide your words of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. This is an important principle for a variety of reasons. Let's see why. The principle of requiring multiple witnesses to establish every matter is of vital importance to the true Bible student. Jesus made extensive use of this principle in his debates and discourses with the Jewish leaders during his earthly ministry. Every doctrine which we believe that the Bible teaches, is presented in more than one place and often by more than one person. This is one of the reasons why God used different writers to cover the same ground already addressed by other writers. Not only do the styles of the different writers help make things more clear and help to reinforce key points, but they also ensure that there are sufficient witnesses to every doctrine or teaching. Because of this principle, we must insist that any teaching or doctrine must have support from more than one witness and from more than one passage of scripture. If you have a doctrine or if you find a doctrine that can only be supported by a single text or passage, then you might want to reevaluate if the Bible is actually in support of that doctrine or if you have simply misunderstood that passage. If you search throughout all of the scriptures for all of the information you can on a given topic, and you find that some of your witnesses are not saying the same thing as the others, then you cannot just throw out the ones that don't support your premise. You must search more diligently to determine what the connecting link is. It is often the case that the true principle being taught is broader, not more narrow, but broader, 
than we are prepared to believe or accept. Again, if there is any doctrine that you believe that the Bible teaches, you should be able to support it using at least two passages in the scriptures. If you can only find a single passage supporting the supposed doctrine, you should be questioning its status as a doctrine and looking at whether or not it might just be a parable or some other type of instructional device instead. Very important. Very important. And I'll point out that in Luke 16, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, a lot of people try to make that a doctrine of the state of the dead. And they will find no support for that in the rest of the Bible. None. It's, it's, when you think about it, it's really interesting how God orchestrated how the Bible is set up. Looking at this principle, mouth of two or three witnesses, and we're going to come to the verses in a little bit. Of course, our verses are from the King James Version. But the key thing that we want to remind everyone is this. If you only see one instance of a thing, it has a purpose, right? God doesn't just say things for no reason. We, we study that. There's a purpose. None of God's words are going to fall to the ground without providing some value. They will not return to him void. But as a doctrine, it requires two or three witnesses to be established. If you don't have two or three witnesses, there's something else to learn in that passage. So when you look at the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, there are a lot of things to learn. The punchline of that parable is, if your brothers will not believe the word of God as given to them in the writings of Moses, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. If they will not believe that, then it doesn't matter what manifestations they see, they're not going to believe. Okay, that's the punch. That's the lesson to be taught. And you can find that lesson in a bunch of other places in the Bible. But the idea that Abraham's bosom is paradise and there's this huge gulf that no one can pass between, but somehow they can talk casually over that gulf, that this guy is in torment and all he needs is water on his tongue and that's going to cool him off. No, 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 no. And more importantly, the Bible teaches us that we will enjoy paradise resurrected. But Abraham makes it clear in that passage, and so does the, the man, he says, send Lazarus. And Moses, and uh, Abraham says, no, send Lazarus. We can't, we can't even get from here to there. There's this huge gulf. Even if we wanted to, we couldn't. And he says, but they have, they have the, the scriptures. And he says, oh, no. They, but they will believe if one returned from the dead. So you can see that even in the story, all of the participants are dead, which tells you you've got a bunch of dead people talking. It's not a legitimate um, explanation or doctrine of the state of the dead. Absolutely not. Okay? Absolutely not. And you won't find any other witness. You'll notice that a lot of parables that Jesus taught, more than one of the gospel writers captured You'll notice that the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, only Luke captures that. Only Luke captures that. All right? Prodigal son too, only captures that. And so you are forced to take it for the instruction it provides, but you can't make doctrines out of it. Cannot. Let's go to our verses. Deuteronomy 19, 15. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity, 
or for any sin in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. Okay, so this is God's instruction to the people through Moses. If someone says that this guy did something, stole something, killed someone, did anything bad, it can't just be one person saying it. You need multiple witnesses, two or three. And then Jesus extended that, right, in his in his counsel about how to deal with church matters. Matthew 18, 16 says, But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. See that? And then in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, Paul said, This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. This is interesting. Paul says, me coming a third time and reiterating what I have told you before is establishing it as multiple witnesses. Okay? Jesus says, if you speak to your brother because of an, a situation between you and he, and he's not, he doesn't listen to you, you take one or two more with you, and you have that conversation with him again, or you have a conversation with him again, and now you have witnesses, okay? When Peter went to Cornelius's house, he took with him six brethren so that he had a witness to what was going on, okay? So in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. It is important that when you are studying doctrine, you if you find a verse and it's just there by itself, then it's there. It has instruction. It has value. It, it There's a purpose. But in order for you to establish a doctrine, right? In order for you to establish a doctrine, you need to see it multiple times. If you look at all of the core things that the Bible discusses, tithe and offerings, the sacrificial system in, in the Old Testament pointing to Christ, the Ten Commandments, God speaks it. Moses gets it in his, in his possession in Exodus 20. Moses reiterates it to the people in Deuteronomy 5. Okay. Multiple witnesses. So you have God speaking it and, and Moses having it in writing. That's already two witnesses. And then you have a second time with where Moses writes it out and rehearses it with the people. Okay. So all of the key things, any doctrine on faith, any doctrine on on baptism you you look at the things that Jesus said in in Matthew chapter 5 recorded by more than one gospel writer but Matthew chapter 5 the beatitudes sermon on the mount those principles exist somewhere Jesus is not inventing any of them in his ministry he is reiterating principles that already exist and expanding upon them in many cases, people had a narrow view and he expanded. So, for instance, he said, oh, you've heard it said before, you can't kill anyone. Murder's bad. But I'm telling you that hating people is bad. Okay? If you hate them, you, you kill them already. You've killed them in your heart. You just are waiting for an opportunity. So, he took the, the passages that... Um, that were there already, love one another, love your neighbor. These are not things he invented. 
the commandment at the end of his ministry that is called a new commandment, you know why that's a new commandment? And, and it implies that everything else he said was not new, was in the Bible. You know why it's a new commandment? Because he says, love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. He was instructing his disciples to love each other the way he had manifested love to them. Right? He had already instructed us how to love one another. The Bible ha- is, is full of love your neighbor as yourself, love God first. It, it has all of the guidance on loving. But Jesus is saying, I have shown you how to love. You need to love each other like that. And he could only do that after having shown. Right? After having shown. That's why it's called a new commandment. Because it was the only commandment he could never have given before his earthly ministry. Right? He says, do what I did. And that was only possible after he had done it. But he did what he had been telling us to do since he was giving instruction. Right? He just happened to show it rather than only tell it. So, final repeat. If there's any doctrine that you believe the Bible teaches, you should be able to support it using at least two passages in the scriptures. If you can only find a single passage supporting the supposed doctrine, you should be questioning its status as a doctrine and looking at whether it might not be a parable or some other type of instructional device instead of a doctrine. Thanks for taking this time to study with us today. We encourage you to prayerfully review the booklet in conjunction with this recording. Let's close our study with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for presenting these things to us in your word. We ask you to help us as we study, as we try to break out of old habits and see the Bible in a fresh light, see the Bible as you intended us to see it in harmony with all of the principles that you're showing us. Help us to have a richer, fuller Bible study and devotional experience And may we be drawn closer to you as a result. And may we rightly divide your words of truth. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening in. And if you have any questions, be sure to send them to BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. And we will do our best, by God's grace, to provide you with biblical answers to those questions. And if you are finding these studies to be a blessing, please let us know and be sure to share them with others. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you study His Word.